Oh, shit. <laughs> I did not mean to press that. <gasps> Hello, this is Lindsay. And this is Candace. Welcome to our lady part. We're not talking about our vaginas today. Maybe, but probably not. Probably not. Um, the first thing, I thought we were going to talk about, like, things that people don't tell you in pregnancy. And I'm sure we will get into that maybe towards the middle of this podcast. But right now, Lindsay started a conversation that made me think about something that I've never shared with people before, really. Do you want me to tell my story first? Yeah. Okay. So... I think I I'd found out I was pregnant and then it was, I was like six weeks along mm-hmm. and I couldn't sleep really well. So I went and slept in the living room and I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and I heard someone whisper in my ear, I love you. I'm going to miss you. Mm-hmm. And that woke me up, but I couldn't move. It was like I was being pressed down. Like someone was sitting on me, couldn't move. And I was like fighting it to like wake up. Yeah. <clears throat> So I finally wake up and I was hysterical and I was like, oh my God, my mama kitty died mm-hmm. and called my mom immediately. I mean, it was really early. This might've been six o'clock my time, five o'clock her wow. time. So I called her and I knew she'd be up. She was up. She goes to work really early. Okay. And she was like, no, mama kitty's fine. And I was like, no, she's not. She's dead. <gasps> oh called my God. You, I did not know this. It was six weeks. I mean, I was six weeks. So this was five weeks ago when this happened. I called my mom a kitty, and she sounded like she was on her deathbed. She did not sound good, but she was awake. And I told her. She didn't know I was pregnant yet. And so I told her what what the dream and everything. And I was like, it was you. Like, you said that to me. And she was like, no, I'm fine. My mom and kitty died yesterday. Yeah. Oh, chills. I know. Okay. I know, and that's so weird. Okay. <laughs> I am going to tell Lindsay's stories and you guys' stories, too, obviously. But I'm going to act like I'm just telling Lindsay because it'll make me probably more comfortable <laughs> doing that. Uh, and open up because I've never really told people these stories before because people don't believe stuff. And, like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I promise you I'm Whatever. not. Like, But these experiences have happened to me before, and yeah. I'll share them all. So I've had experiences ever since I was little. My very first experience ever that I can tell you about was a time that I was laying in. My parents had a waterbed mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a 90s thing. I had a waterbed at one point. That is so weird. And I used to love laying in their waterbed before I had one. So I had a water baby. I did have a water baby. Okay, that's yeah, it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, and so then uh, I would always like sleep in their room and like my dad would work and my mom would be like in the living room watching TV anyway. So I was little. I was like kindergarten, so five, six. Yeah. Um, and I would lay in their bed and fall asleep. And uh, the first time that I had like something weird happen to me was I had that feeling too at five years old being sat on where I couldn't get up and there was four shadows standing and like two on this side and two on this side above me and I was terrified I just got chill bumps I was terrified but all of a sudden all I could do was pull the blankets above my head and I did and then I don't like asleep like I did not come out from underneath that blanket the rest of the night unless somebody moved me or whatever like I was staying under that blanket yeah and that was like the first experience I had um, okay, wait, before you go, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. More. So I also have never talked about this either. Okay. Because I'm Catholic and we yeah. like don't really see, believe I believe in, in all of this, guys. But it, see, and I fought with it my whole life. Yeah. When I was in second grade, I went to the bathroom and in the bathroom mirror, 
Mm-hmm. I was like washing my hands and I was crying for some reason. And I looked up in the mirror and I saw this younger woman with brown hair who looked like my grandmother. Huh. And I just looked at her and she said, it's going to be okay. And then like Aww. disappeared. I, years later, I mean, I was like fourth grade maybe. Yeah. I was at my grandmother's house and I saw that woman on the wall. <gasps> that was my grandma Marlin. Oh, wow. She had just recently died. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, that's weird. And I never said anything to anyone. I didn't. Yeah, because you don't think. Was you was second want, grade. I didn't think anything yeah, of it. I didn't be like, oh, hey, I saw this lady in the mirror today. Like, yeah. I didn't say that. But I told my mom and Kitty that, and she goes like, she said something to me, and I can't remember what she said, but she was just like, yeah, that's really cool that you saw her. Like, she didn't say anything about it. She was like, it was like, it was totally normal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you because I'm so I weird. I feel like people like no, I feel like people connect more than they either want to accept yeah. or realize and then once they and they're do they're afraid of it. Yeah, and then once they do they're like, "Whoa." Yeah. Like I accepted this a long time ago and I can tell you some crazy stories. Um that was the first one. Well, the first thing that actually ever happened, I couldn't tell you. I can only tell you the story that my mom told me. So the very first house that we had lived in, we had we lived in one house and we moved to another. In this new house, there was a man that stood at the top of the stairs whenever I was taking a nap who had a long coat on, like a black coat and a top hat, and he would just stand there while I would nap every day. Like, oh. he was, like, protecting me. Wow. And my mom, like, would see him, and, like, she would be freaked out. Like, she wouldn't want to go up there. Like, yeah. she would be afraid to go up there, and I would be napping. But she was, like, as soon as I would wake up, like, and she would go to the stairs, nobody would be there. So she would feel comfortable to go up. Yeah. And so she told me that story. Um, and she was like, he, like, just like a dark figure that had, like, a top hat. She could see. She was like, all I knew was that he had a long coat on and a top hat. And he stood up there and protected you until you woke up. And then I could go get you. Wow. That's, yeah, she told me that story. I, she, I knew that when I was younger, which is maybe Did a you reason. ever see him or, like, No, I can't him? tell yeah. you anything. Like, I feel like anything that I might think I know might have just been, like, my imagination trying to, like, think of something yeah, after she to told me the together. story. Yeah, Yeah, but I was so young when we lived there that there's probably... I, I rarely remember, like, things there. Maybe bits and pieces, but I was too young. Okay, I'm going to tell you one. So when I was really little, maybe, like, Wells' age, like, between... Wow. It was after, I have stories for my kids, too. It was, like, right before my parents got divorced, I think. Okay. So, then they got divorced when I was three. So, yeah, probably, like, Will's age. Yeah. We were at the church parking lot. I was with my mom in this old beat-up truck. And they you had, have memories of this? No. Oh, okay. I don't. It's been told to me so many times okay. that I feel like I have memories of it, but yes, I don't. That's how I feel with the, with the guy at the I stairs. mean, there's no reason. I would never remember yeah. this. But my mom, it was with me, and just me and mom. And this old truck and one of those like push locks, like you had yep. to, it was manual. Yeah, I know what you're and talking And she got out of the truck and I was a baby and I pushed oh, like the lock Oh, like you were locking down. yourself in the truck. Locked myself in the truck in the middle of summer oh. in, in the church parking lot. And like my mom couldn't get me out. So this was way before cell phones. Yeah. You know, she went into the church and was crying hysterically, like making a scene. It was really hot. And while they were waiting on the police to get there to open the car, mom was standing outside the door. Yeah. And I was crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot. And then she yeah. was like, all of a sudden, you stopped crying. And you you were looking at this guy. You was like, oh, yeah, there's a guy. Like you, like, you described him like he had a beard and he had brown hair. And he was wearing, like, a red button down. That's so bizarre. So bizarre. And she was like, yeah, you were talking to this guy, like, crying to this guy. And you, like, calmed down. 
And she was like, it was the weirdest thing. We don't know who he was. We don't know what was going on. But for whatever reason, I saw, like, I saw somebody there. Yeah, that's so bizarre. And my mom was like, you vividly described this human to me. That wasn't there. That wasn't there. Interesting. In the church parking lot. That's so crazy. And I don't. You don't remember. I mean, I feel like I do, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, like. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. That's how I feel about that, too. Um, But I've had a few other instances, but not really, like, significant until my friend John died when I turned 15, when I was 15. Oh, wow. Um, I had a friend. His name is John. He was two years older than me, and he had his license, and he Mm -hmm. was drinking and driving and crashed his car and killed himself. Wow. Well, not he didn't kill himself, but like well, yeah. yeah, he was drinking and driving and he died. Um and I was 15 and it was like it's pretty like it's a traumatic experience for a teenager to lose a friend. And John was a really close friend of mine. Like we talked yeah. almost daily. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like a hard like I can't imagine like another 15-year-old going through like something like that. Like it's yeah. it's tough for a kid. Um, especially when it's like it's one thing when it's like a grandparent, even if it's like a, a parent, like that's that's hard. But like when it's your friend, it's like, whoa, like you realize yeah. that like life is not like promised. And yeah. when you learn it like that young, it's shocking. It is shocking. Um, yeah. So he passed away and I have a vivid dream of him speaking to me afterwards uh, wow. like when he had passed away because like I and like who knows maybe it was my imagination that like made up this dream that helped me somehow but in some way it was it was just kind of like he was there like mm-hmm. he was like oh hey how are you and like talking to me it was my fingernail on the thing yeah you just scared me sorry and we're talking about ghost stories. I know. I'm getting, like, chill moments. <laughs> and it was cool, though. Like, I had, like, a conversation with him. And it was, like, cool. And, like, he was, like, no, I'm good and stuff like that, which made me, like, feel better. Yeah. Um. And who knows? Maybe it was just my brain doing it to make me I feel don't, better. I but don't know. I don't feel like that would be a dream. The other one that I know for a fact, I just know it was not a dream, like, was my head, was my grandfather. I had a dream. Yeah. And it was so bizarre because it's all I can remember, but I feel like I was dreaming something before it happened. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a memory there of something else, but I don't remember it. And then all of a sudden, I my dream was white. I had a completely white dream, which is so bizarre. Like, the way I'm going to describe this sounds like a freaking movie. It's really weird. But my grandpa had a bar in his house, and it was, like, in the living room. Like, the bar separated um, the kitchen and the living room and the dining room, and he had, like, red stools. And he would sit there and, like, do his work or talk on the phone or whatever. And he had martinis every night. He'd drink a martini. And so, and he wore these, like, really light denim old man pants mm-hmm. with like either a dark green white or light blue t-shirt tucked in with suspenders over it and he had like a beer gut like it was funny like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he would drink his martini and the dream I was standing there and he greeted me the same way he would greet me as if I was coming to his house and he turned put his hand on my shoulder said I was proud of you and I woke up just like that and it was like the most realest thing ever that I called my dad as soon as I woke up I called my dad I was like dad I had the most craziest dream and like this was way after he had passed away but I was like I had the craziest dream and that had happened. Um, I've also talked to three mediums before, so I'm happy to share those stories, too. If you okay, know. well, I'll share another one. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is so fun. So whenever I, after I had both my surgeries, 
Um, a few months later, in 2017, I moved home. Um, this was the same time that Ben and I first started talking, like, before we became a couple. Yeah. And I moved everything home because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And the first night that I was home, like, for good, I was walking in the house and I was going down these little steps to, like, this extra room that we have in the house. And I felt this. Where? This is in Tennessee? Yeah, okay. my dad's house. Oh, okay. Um, and felt this overwhelming presence of my great-grandmother, who, that was her house. house like, we yeah. lived in her house. Yeah. And she just said, without, I didn't hear anything, I just felt it. Yeah. She just said, I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, isn't it crazy how you can just feel that stuff? Like, yeah, you can got, just, like, feel the words. I and got, it's like, so chilly. weird. Yeah, I got, like, chilly and hysterical, like, when I say hysterical, I wasn't like hubba but I just started crying. Yeah. Like, tears that I couldn't stop. And my dad, like, walked in, and I just turned around, and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, Granny Dot just told me that she's got him home. And he was like, yeah, she does that. And I'm like, what? Is she here in this <laughs> house, and you haven't said anything to me? And he was like, I like to think so. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, my God. she does that. Okay, yeah. Dad. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the heads up. Uh, she was my favorite person in this whole wide world Aww. for a million reasons. And so that was like so cool, yeah. which I think is a big reason why Ben and I like want to go back because like. Because like history. Yeah, it feels right. Yeah. She's so cool. That's cool. Um, So I've seen three <clears throat> mediums before. Tell me one. Okay, hold on one second. Okay, the medium experiences. The first, actually, you want to hear something really bizarre? Yeah. The, the first time I was ever, like, encountered by somebody who, like, claimed to have, like, spiritual things going on was this, like, random thing at this college that I went to with a friend of mine. Uh, like, it was, like, an event at the college that she had to go to, and so I just tagged along with her, and I wasn't, like, a student there or anything. And there was, like, these this woman who was, like, doing tarot readings and like hand readings and stuff and she like by looking at my hand she predicted that I would do something where I would work with my hands and that I would have three kids and husband she was like and sooner rather than later and I was probably like 17 at that time wow and it was like whoa and I didn't like ever think anything of it obviously until after the fact yeah Um, but that was really cool um but other than that I never I always, like, wanted to, like, talk to a medium. I'm pretty sure my dad's mom was, like, pretty into it. Like, she liked talking to, like, people like that and stuff and, like, getting readings and going to psychics and things yeah. like that. Um, but I had read about stuff before, and I always loved, like, watching, like, The Long Island Medium. I freaking oh, love, I love that, that show. show. Yes, I love that. And, like, listening to, like, there's another one. I think, like, the Hollywood, it's, like, a guy. His name's Tyler. He's he's really cute. Um I say cute because he's just like his little personality is cute. <laughs> um, but they he has a show and stuff. And I, I love those shows and stuff. And so I've always wanted to like be read by somebody. I'm trying to think in the order I did it. I've done it three times. Okay, I know. So the first time I ever did it. So my brother died in February of 2016. Yeah, 2016. And probably... Two weeks after that, I had booked in a freaking reading to the medium because I was desperate. Like, I was, like, trying to find – I was, like, deep in the grief and, like, needed, like, to, like, do something about it. And to me, like, I was like, oh, I need to see a medium. I need to talk to my brother. And so um, 
we did a reading and I have it recorded. I might, I probably don't have it anymore, but honestly, the first reading I ever had, they, it was like bits and pieces made sense during the reading, but a lot more made sense after the reading. Um, she mentioned like a, my grandmother, she knew way too much information about her. She knew way too many, knew too much information about where we, now that I really think about it, basically my future. She told me I was moving back to the East coast and I told her, no, I wasn't. And here I am. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I also, she also told me like about kids that I'm going to have. And she, the way she said it, she was like, um, she knew my losses and stuff before I even told her. And at that point I hadn't had the loss after Meyer, um, Mm, in between Meyer and Wells. And she asked me like how many kids I had. And she was like, "Mm, that's not right. Like, even counting the losses and stuff. Yeah. And she was like, I think you're going to have... I was like... But I told her, I was like, I think we might have one more. She's like, I think you're going to have two more. Which, technically, it did happen. Two more. Yeah. Um, And, so, like, we're done. Will had a vasectomy. We're not having any more babies. But, so, like, we're done, done. So, like, that makes sense to me. Um, And people might be like, oh, like, she guessed that or something. But, like, mm-hmm. to me, like, it's like, come on, guys. Like, really? Is it always really that thing? The weirdest thing was... um. Will, my husband, was in the Marine Corps, and he had a whole bunch of really good friends. And one friend, his name was John Long, and he was super awesome. And he got in an accident during training and passed away um, before oh, no. their deployment. He was about to deploy, and Will was about to eat, like, to get out of um, the military. And it was really bad. He was about to get married in a couple months. He was super awesome. <sighs> Um, we had just hung out with him like two weeks before yeah. it was like one, like a close knit, like Will yeah. has a tattoo. He, if you ever seen the bracelet that Will wears on his hand, it's like black and it like looks like a medical bracelet. It's a memory bracelet of his. Oh. He like never takes it off. Yeah. I never. Really... Yeah. Um, he has a tattoo with his initials and stuff. He's I like, I just thought he had like diabetes. No, no, it was, it's a memory bracelet for John. Um, and it's just like a, he was a really good friend of John's and, when Will was in the Marine Corps, I want to remind people this because, like, when I tell this story, like, we were all really young guys. Like, I was not even – I had just turned 19 when we got married. I was 20, 20 – I wasn't even 21. We lived on base, basically, when all these people were around. Yeah. And, like, they were all so young, too. Like, Will had just turned 22. I'm pretty sure John had just turned 21. Like, we were all in the very early 20s. We were very much children yeah. still. And – they would all talk in like a like an English accent to each other all the time. And they'd also say, you mad bro, all the time. Like, it was like a thing with them. And it was so funny. And like, they'd say it in a funny like accent or a funny way. And if they'd like argued each other, it was just like a comeback. And they would just randomly say it. And when this woman said to me, she said, because I have a friend named John who also passed away. And she was like, there's this guy, his name starts with a J and he's coming forward and blah, blah, blah. And he's like trying to get your attention. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was, I was like, that's John. Like, that's my friend, John. And she was like, yes, his name is John and blah, blah. And she was like, and he died this way. And I was like, no, he didn't. He died this way. And she was like, no, he's telling me he died this way. Cause he did die that way. And she was like, he just says like, are you mad bro? And I wanted to drop the phone, Lindsay. I was I recorded it and I hung up after I hung up I called Will I called all of Will's like marine buddies like everybody and I was just like I don't care if you don't believe this but listen like this just happened it was so wow, bizarre I'm like shocked and like I at that point I was trying to find 
like peace for my brother which he didn't come through and like she tried to like explain to me that like sometimes they don't come through at like this soon and stuff and I just I was desperate at that point yeah and then she was also saying like you know just because like your husband like your husband might need this message from his friend and like you're just being used and like I accept that and that's fine but like it was really cool to be able to like give that experience to Will and like all of his friends and stuff it was super cool yeah it was super cool so that was the first reading that ever happened so I really just kind of connected with like my pregnancy losses and my grandmother was like like validating that she was taking care of my pregnancy losses for me and stuff like that was really sweet yeah (laughs) it was really sweet um it was really sweet and um I had it recorded and I wish I I probably do still have it somewhere I wish I had like a clip and stuff but it was really sweet she did say that to me and it was oh it just like goosebumps and stuff but she gave that message from John too which was really cool um that was the first ever thing and I did I probably went out of it really bummed like really like defeated and stuff because like I was going in for it for like I wanted to talk to my brother and I didn't get that but now looking back I got so many amazing messages from it yeah that it was a great experience a great experience and this was over the phone I did it over the phone too um the second reading I ever did was with my mom and she flew to Colorado and it was after my brother and I did it for her for a Mother's Day present also known as being selfish because I also still wanted (laughs) to talk to my brother and I did all the readings in intention to talk to my brother. Um, and this time I would say wasn't the best experience. It wasn't like a, I want, I want to say it's not, it wasn't a bad experience. It was fun. Like me and my mom had a good time together. My mom freaking ate it up. Um, but I felt like things just were kind of fed and guessed and it like it didn't seem genuine I didn't get the goosebumps I didn't get the the validation (laughs) that I needed to know that it was really true and yes she probably she said a few things that were like oh that's so cool and stuff which but I can't tell you a good story from it because nothing that I took from it I didn't feel validation from it and I think that's a good another way to explain to people in my personal experience seeing a medium afterwards I can definitely tell the difference between something that I feel was genuine and true and actually real and something versus I'm doing this because I'm into it and I'm trying to do it and and I'm just trying to and I and I'm having a good time doing it I'm making money doing it yeah yeah it's just two different things and I've had different both experiences um the last time I went into it I still am trying to talk to my brother and I have not but in between these, my kids have talked to my brother before. Um, I have had a time in Colorado, the most like thing, the most one that stuck out to me was um, after Cody died, we were living in Colorado and Meyer was a baby and Audrey was probably around four ish and she had this bouncy ball and the first time I think it ever happened, she was playing with this bouncy ball and it went like underneath the fridge or something. And I was like, you can't bounce it in here. It's going to roll under there and keep getting stuck and stuff. And she was like, but Uncle Cody wants to stay in the kitchen. And so she said that. Wow. Which was really bizarre. And then like at that age, I was like, wait, what? And then she just kind of doesn't talk to me about it anymore. And I've learned not to kind of like try to dig into it because then little kids imaginations like kind of form and then you don't really so like I just take that small little like 
grain and take it and like hold on to it and like okay that's great um the second thing was really funny it was a longer conversation there was a girl who lived across the street from me in this condo complex that we lived in Colorado. Her name was Jessica, and she was a friend of mine, and she was great. She, like, watched my dogs when Cody died and stuff, and she was just, like, a saving grace in that time. Yeah. Because I really didn't know anybody else. Yeah. Um, and Will worked in um, – he worked in Denver, which was, like, an hour south of us, and we had only had one car. And so sometimes if I had to, like, run errands that day or Audrey had a doctor's appointment or Meyer had a doctor's appointment, if I just needed a car that day, he would ride the bus down. Well, he would have to be at the bus stop at, like, 5.30 in the morning or something to get there. Yeah, Yeah, to get there in time. Oh, yeah, we've gone through some crazy times. (laughs) But um, he had to do that. And so I would – because he could very well walk to it if he wanted to, but it was, like, a 10-minute walk. And so I was, like, I would get up and take him – and kids also Colorado is freezing cold guys. So like yeah. I yeah, would drive true. him, I would drive him and he would wait for the bus and get off and I would pick him up and stuff whenever, um, he would do that. But after I dropped him off and we were on our way back home, I mean, Audrey's super sleepy and she was like, mom, are we going to go get ice cream now? And I was like, we're, no, it's five 30 in the morning. We're not going to get ice cream. Now. And she was like, but uncle Cody told me today, me and you and Jessica are going to go get ice cream. And I was like, you could tell Uncle Cody that, no, we're not going to go get ice cream. And she was like, but Uncle Cody said we could get ice cream. Wow. And he's, she's four at this, maybe almost, she was probably like four and a half. But like, Audrey is, was also really young when Cody died. She really didn't know him that well. She was four, she was four, but she had only ever seen him maybe two or three times. So like, she didn't know him like. Yeah. Like she knows people now. Um, so that was really bizarre. And so, and I've also had instances where just like an overwhelming feeling is where my, I have where my brother is sitting next to me in the car. I've had that like maybe a handful of times just throughout the past couple of years where yeah. it's just like overwhelming where I'm like, he's like right there. Like I know he is. And, but like, you can't, like you don't see anything or anything. I just like feel it. Like I know he's there. Um, so do you think that he's on this plane or do you think he's somewhere else and like visits? I don't know. I think he visits. I think, I don't think he's here all the time. I think See, he visits. I don't think, okay, so this is crazy, but I think there's a ghost that lives in the house I live in now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried to figure out his name, which is so weird. But no, it's not weird. For a really long time, I lived there by myself without anyone. Like yeah. Ben wasn't there for like nine months. Yeah. Or seven months. I can't remember how many months. Anyway, <clears throat> so there, I could tell there was a ghost there. And he really likes, it's a boy. He has to be a boy. He really likes to watch TV. Okay. He pretty much would leave me alone. As if you got the TV on? No, just he would leave, he didn't care at all. He okay. just would leave me alone. But once I turned the TV on, he would always be in the room. You could just feel him I there. I could just feel him there. And he was super cool and chill and he liked my dog. Um, the cat, and, and what made me for sure... You're going to think I'm insane. No, I don't. I and, don't think you're insane at all. But what made me for sure that he was there is my cat could see him. Mm-hmm. My yeah. cat, my cat is such a sketchy cat. Like, she's um, super weird of everything. She's like to go through doors and it, she'll jump at nothing. Yeah. And I think my cat can see other people that are dead. She probably can. I don't know if it's real. It's so crazy. Y'all are going to think I'm insane. No, anyway, I don't. So, but my cat would like follow him. Yeah. We're, and my cat doesn't just follow random things. Yeah. I don't know. But he, he liked my dog. So he would like always be near the dog. Huh. It was That's cool. Really weird. It's whenever I just had Floki that like I realized he liked the dog. He, I don't feel him now that Ben's there. 
So I have one more time. No, I'm not done. Oh, okay. And then I have one more medium story. And okay. then I don't have, I need to book an appointment to see another one. Okay. So <laughs> the, I've, I've been calling this ghost Kevin. Okay. Because I really like the name Kevin and it's stuck. I tried like. Do you feel like good energy when you call him Kevin? No, he doesn't care. Oh, he doesn't care. No, but it, I like it. Okay. But he like, I've called him lots of things. He doesn't, I don't feel like he cares at all. But okay. I need to call him something like, I'm going to call need- you Kevin. Okay, like you need to refer to him to something. When I first moved in, he made me really nervous. And I was like, oh my God, there's a ghost in here. I called Ben and I'm crying. I was like, there's a ghost in here. and making me really nervous. And from then on, the ghost wouldn't come through my room, my bedroom door. He wouldn't? He wouldn't come in, but you could tell he was in the hallway. Like I could feel him in the hallway. Yes. But he wouldn't come into my bedroom. So he knew you needed space. He knew I needed space. How sweet is that? Yeah, he gave you respect. That's awesome. Yes, and only feel him when Ben's not around. I don't know if that's like a coincidence that I'm like making up a ghost or that maybe he's, he's just there for like protection. Or maybe he's just a really awesome, yeah, person. Yeah. Well, I've really not felt him since Ben's been there. And when Ben's gone, he comes and watches TV with me. I swear, he <laughs> just like will sit with me and watch TV. Loves TV. Um. So anyway, when I got pregnant. Like, when I first found out, it was, like, within a few weeks, I was crying in my bedroom, and I was, like, crying over something stupid, and I could feel him come into the room <gasps> and sit down and watch TV with me. Oh. And Ben was there. Like, he just needed, like, you needed support. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that so crazy? I'm sad to leave my ghost. I love that. I'm, and I haven't told anybody. I've only told one other person that I have a ghost. I love that. Because, and Ben, Ben believes me. But also thinks I'm crazy because he's never had the same experience. But, like, I'm open to it. Um, and Ben's not. <laughs> and also, I don't feel him when Ben's around. He doesn't come out. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, your, like, your husband's there. You're good. You don't need. Yeah. But he, like, he loves That's the TV. So awesome. He really only comes out when the, if I turn the TV off, he will stick around, but. So that's the thing. It's like when I'm listening to specific music and stuff like that, like I can feel more presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my last medium experience is also, let me just like let you guys know, I still haven't really like felt a connection as a medium wise to my brother. Like he still hasn't, I haven't felt a genuine connection in order. Like I'm all three of them have kind of given their own little like take on it. And I've just never felt like, yes, that's him. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but all the other one, like they're, there was each ones where there was just like little snippets. I was like, yes, that I feel that. And it's like when they almost say it, it's just like a key, like fit, like fits in like what you were talking about. It's just like connects and it makes sense. So you just kind of know it's true. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but the last experience, my dad, um, has had a sister named Diane and she was the oldest of the siblings and she would probably be like 75. Okay. Maybe she was quite a bit older than him. So my yeah. dad just turned 60 and he uh, has one sibling younger than him. And there's six of them. Um, and there's a lot of kids. So like he um, is the he's the last boy. And so when he was born, my Aunt Diane was in high school. And so like she was older and like he she was more yeah. like a mom figure to her him. Um, she got sick. It went down really fast. So we lived in Texas in 2013 and 14. And that was the last time I had seen her in person. And she was the sweetest woman ever. And you, she was a nurse her whole life. And she took care of people her whole life. Um, and then 
things started happening and they thought she had dementia and then she, they thought she had something else and then she thought she had something else and nothing like none of the tests were making sense and it just was all confusing and stuff. Um, actually, I had to text my dad and see what she actually ended up having. Hold on. And I uh, had... Uh, and so she was suffering and stuff and she was losing all of her... Her brain was all there. She was losing all of her... What is that called? Your... Oh, um, <clears throat> movement. Like she had no yeah. like senses. Like I know what it's called. I just can't she forget. couldn't, she stopped. She wouldn't be able to use her hands or her bodily functions. Yeah. And like, she just lost all of that, which you would think is like a muscle thing. I just waited for my dad to see if he'll text me back and tell me what it actually was called. Um, he said, not sure, babe. Wow. Dad. Oh, great. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, so she ended up having this disease that basically like her mind was intact, but her yeah. body was just failing her and just Is no longer working. I They thought it was Parkinson's, but it wasn't. I can't so think it's gonna of it. be something similar. It was something very similar to Parkinson's <clears throat> and it wasn't that though. Um, but there was like no studies on it. So like nobody knew any like treatments on it or how to, it was very rare yeah. and it was like hard to treat and stuff. And so she lived in a home and stuff and she, was at the point where she couldn't talk, but she was using a computer to start talking to people. And this was really fast. This all happened in like a six year period. Yeah. Um, because when she was at our, my house, it was really devastating. Um, she came to visit. We lived in San Antonio and they lived in Dallas and she came down with my aunt and my other cousin. Um, my aunt was like helping take care of her and she stood up and just in my living room on the floor and she felt so bad and she just couldn't help it and I felt so bad for her and I just wanted to like wrap her up in a hug and she was so mortified because like in her it was her body like her body was just like not working but in her head it was and so like I can just can't even imagine the embarrassment of that no yeah and it was just it was devastating um so she passed away and this is really awful of me I honestly can't remember what year. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. Time has just, like, kind of taken... Time is really weird. It's it's just kind of gotten the best of me now. Um, I want to say it was two years ago because Will was working at Rex, and I had booked an appointment with a medium to talk to my brother, but I didn't even realize, like, she had just passed away, like, a few months prior to that. Yeah. Um... And we were, I was talking to this lady and I still could not connect to my brother, of course, but this one woman kept coming through and she was like trying to give me all of these like examples. And she's like, it's like a mom figure, which she was a mom figure to my dad and like giving me all these things and like all of these like clues and stuff. And I couldn't really figure it. She was like, and now she says that she wants you to know she's like she can walk and she can talk and she can do all these things again. Wow. And I was like, I know who you're talking about. Like it just like completely clicked that I knew who it was and it was really awesome. And so I got to like, I actually recorded this. I had her call me through like a, a Google voice, like Google number so I could record the conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I had all of that. I need to try to find that login and make sure I have that saved. Yeah, Um, you should. But then she also said something really cool. And because she, this was the first time someone had asked me to send pictures. And she didn't want like names of people or who they were. She just wanted like the visual picture of the people I was hoping to connect with. Um, And I sent her a few. And um, the ones of the pictures, she was, she was like, I thought she was referring to the pictures, but obviously she wasn't you'll find out why but um 
she was referring to a grandfather. And I automatically think of my grandpa, who is my dad's dad. I have my 13 tattoo on my leg, and that's after him. I was He was the yeah. only grandparent I was extremely close with. He was the only grandparent that lived in the same state as me. Yeah. So, like, I was very close with him. And that's who I wanted to connect with. My mom's dad passed away when she was, like, 21 or something, between 17 and 21. He was an alcoholic. Addiction runs in my family. Um, and... He died from liver disease and all things that stuff, which is really sad. He was he was a freaking brain surgeon in the army. Aww. He was so smart and he could have got so far. And when he left the army, instead of like continuing the medical field, he just like started drinking. And like my yeah. mom basically was just like my mom was poor then. And it's like he was so smart and had so much like capabilities to do things. And he like, just let go. yeah, he just let go, which was really sad. My whole like my mom's whole life could have been completely different, unfortunately. But whatever but um he I had obviously never met him and I've never really heard stories about him because my mom had a little brother uh and he passed away when he was one he actually the cribs that they used way back then were obviously really old and it collapsed and suffocated him when he was like nine months old like between nine and months and a year old and he was the baby and so like after that that even like made it worse with like her parents and stuff um and so he kind of took out all the anger on my mom and, like, would, like, lock her in the closet and, like, kind of, like, basically abuse her. And he was an yeah. alcoholic. Um, and he just wasn't the nicest guy at that point. And um, I had never really heard stories. Because my mom had so many, like, bad experiences with him, He just she just never shared stories or talked about him. Yeah. I didn't even know he was a freaking brain surgeon in the military until, like, three years ago when my aunt told me. Wow. Because, like, she knows a lot more information and – I just had never asked before and she didn't know that like my mom didn't tell me about him. And so this won't, this medium was telling me all this information and she was like, there's this like date, like this is who he is. He's saying this date, this date, this date. And I was like, no, that date doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know anything about that date. Well, like I was like talking to my aunt about it. I had talked to my mom and she was like, yeah, whatever. And then I was talking to my aunt about it and she was like, that's my dad's birthday. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, that's my dad's birthday. And I was like, mom, that's your dad's birthday. And she was like, oh, it is my, my dad's birthday, actually. Wow. And like it like clicked with her. And so it was this my grandfather I've never, ever met before trying to connect with me. But I didn't realize it because I, I didn't know information about him. So he's trying to give me all this information to tell who he is and like validate that he's like safe and who he is and that he's at peace and happy now but I didn't know who he was till after the reading and I was telling her that I was like I don't know who, the, who you're talking about and because I'm up front with them yeah. like I kind of almost get a little rude with them sometimes yeah, on yeah. accident because I'm like thinking that they're like feeding me bullshit when yeah. and I'm like I don't know who that is and she was like they always say like save this write this down like you're, gonna you're go- like in a cup maybe it could be a tomorrow it could be in a few years like it's going to come to light and you're going to be like oh that's that made sense wow yeah that's so crazy i know oh i'd be so scared of who would come forward for me yeah because like i would have my heart set on yeah someone and then someone else would come yeah and that's i think that's my issue um i really want to have a medium on here i'm gonna try really hard to find somebody i honestly don't know if i could emotionally handle it really i'm a really i'm a very very emotional person like overly emotional i can't control you don't think you could like prepare yourself to do it i don't know i mean i could try really hard but i mean you guys have heard me cry how many times yeah i cry a lot and it's just i don't know 
Like, especially if my I would grandmother have to, were to come forward, I'll have I'd to just say, lose it. I'll have to say that <clears throat> I do get tears. I get the emotional, because I've had, like, a few moments where, like, it gets emotional. But I will say, for the most part, during a reading, it's almost like you're in a trance. It's like you are in, like... Like, you are just wanting to soak in all the information that you are paying. I have never been more focused in my life to almost to the point where, like, emotions happen after. Yeah. Like, once you can, like, process all of it. Because with me, like, I'm just like, yes, feed me this information. Keep telling me. And it's almost like a puzzle in my head because I'm trying to figure out who it is talking to me. Because sometimes they don't give the most clearest clues. Yeah. And so, and how the mediums are interpreting it might like it they only know specific symbols so like they're trying to figure it out and like how it matches and stuff and like trying to figure it out that way so it's almost too much of a brain puzzle and like experience to where it's not as emotional I mean yes I I think if I truly felt a connection during that to my brother, I'd probably get a little bit emotional. Just like I know that, like, people who have lost children and who have them just, like, instantly break as soon as they get that key in their head. They're like, yes, this is, yeah, this is legit. I'm sure it does happen. I don't think I've had that type of connection with somebody who has meant so much to me to do that yet. See, I, I also... I'm really curious to see, like, if my great-grandmother had anything to do with me and Ben getting together, because... Yeah, and I mean, I've never asked that type, those type of questions. They, and those are good questions to ask. Okay. No, they're good, because they ask you, they're like, what, what do you want to, not almost like, what do you want, and like, them feed it to you, but almost like, because I try to think of different ways to word things to be more open beforehand of what I really want from it, to make it... So to confirm with myself that it's not just bullshit being fed to me. There's just so many things between me and Ben and like, but our lives are so entwined that yeah, how with, where we grew up physically and the love story that came before us with my grandmother yeah, be, and then uh, it being us like living in those same properties and, it and just you might not get like weird to me definite answers but you'll definitely get clues that where you'll be like oh. That made sense. Just, that was that. I just want to know if she like that. That I mean, when I die, I'll ask her. Like, did you have a hand in this? Because like, yeah. he's so cool. But um, I don't know. And I'd be really. Wait, so who is this? Is this somebody that you? So my great grandmother, the house I grew up in, mm-hmm. we moved in, and then just never left because she got sick and went into a nursing home, and so we stayed in her house. Okay. And so my yeah, dad yeah, yeah, still you lives told me now. Story. Okay. And then so it was his grandma. It was my grandma. Oh, I thought you said great grandma. My great grandmother. My dad's my, my dad. Yeah, I thought you said his eyes and bins. No, my dad's grandmother. Okay. Yeah. So, so your great grandmother. My great grandmother. Yeah, I'm obsessed with her. And across the street, where Ben's parents owned the property, mm-hmm. was um, owned by Lynn Cox. And Lynn yeah. Cox was my great grandmother's boyfriend. Okay. She wouldn't marry him, but he bought. He lived across the street in this old house. He bought her the house across the street when it came up. He bought it for her. When you look at, the, I have the deed in my old bedroom, and it says Lynn Cox to Dorothy Holder. Like, yeah. he bought that property for her. And they lived across the street, and then when Lynn got really sick, he moved into the house we live in, mm-hmm. and he died. And years later, Lynn's brother owned that house across the street. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name, but it's um, his first name, but he was a Cox. His Ben's parents bought that house from him. Oh. 
So they bought it from their brother. Okay. And then Ben and I both moved across the street from each other in those houses a year apart. And it was like the same story. It's like, but we didn't know we lived across the street yeah. from each other. And then years later, yeah. we're like dating and talking. And I'm like, why is and your dad in this? Like, why is your dad right here? And he's like, oh, that's where we live. And I'm like, yeah, we live across the street from each other. And we met, like, f- like started talking through Facebook when you live in Virginia. Like, how is this a thing? Yeah. Like, he literally, I married the boy across the street. Yeah. But I didn't know he was across the street. Like, yeah. how weird is that? It's bizarre. That's why I want I want that property. I want to fix up that property. Yeah. Which we will someday do. It's just not in our cards right now. Yeah. But it means something to me. And I always wondered. Yeah. Did she or Lynn have something to do with our getting together? You know, because we're both, like, broken. <laughs> fix each other <laughs> uh, I don't know that's gonna be my homework this week have I said that before I keep meaning to do I it know I you say it a lot but I, I guess with the whole medium stuff like I, I, I know that it's weird for me I think I'm more like weird about astrology than I'm mediums because I definitely believe like people are here I definitely believe in heaven I definitely believe that people can be in purgatory I definitely believe that people can be here on earth mm-hmm. in a different like plane I guess mm-hmm. um, because I've personally felt them yeah maybe i'm crazy but i don't think i am yeah i don't think i i don't have the same views as you i don't care but no, I'm, i don't care i'm not gonna i personally think when we all die that we're all just a ball of energy and we all just like go to the same space just like float around that we're just like all equal and just like everybody's like like we just like we're all intertwined somehow see okay in my brain heaven um i just see colors like, really awesome. Like, no, I feel like you do get your body, though. I feel like you get your, like, your version of a so good body. I, okay, I wanna, I wanna share a book real fast to you. Yeah. I'm gonna read you. Wait, have you read Heaven is for Real by that? Yes. Yes. Love that. I've seen that book, too. Um, but I read a book. This was another. And Purgatory isn't Hell, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read, I've read, um, a, this was another, like, Deep in the Grief thing to do so about this book okay so it's called my life after death a memoir from heaven Hmm. and the description is in the follow-up to elisa's um my son in the afterlife a heartfelt deeply moving story blah 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 her son eric tells his astounding story directly from the afterlife describing in detail his death transition and spiritual renewal my life after death begins on the tragic day when eric took his own life what follows is by a moment by moment account of the spiritual life he discovers on the other side told for the very first time in his own words as channeled by medium jamie butler and then transcribed by his mother elisa Um, overflowing with his signature honesty and whatever Eric describes more than just a visit to the afterlife. He personally walks us through the experience of dying, transitioning into spirit form and reveals a detailed look at the life awaiting for us on the other side. What does he say it's like? So he says that when you, you all have jobs and when you get there that it's, everybody has their jobs and it's like a, it's a learning curve at first, but that, no, there, there is, he says there is like, people say God and they're like, he was like, there is somebody that is there that is like the 
person that like is the main person, I guess, how to explain it, but not the main person. But he was like, but they're all equal. But like, you just know that like, that is who your energy source is. And they're like, but like, everybody is equal. Everybody is the same as everybody. You each have your own jobs. And he was like, everything is really colorful and like more beautiful than you could ever think. But he was like, the way you're seen is how you want to be seen. Hmm. It's like how you choose yeah. to show yourself. And he was like, so some people might choose to show them in the self that that other person felt more, most comfortable with them in or that they, they felt more comfortable in. Or like if you're talking to your mom or something like you might, mm. they, she might see you as like your, their child, like yeah. in like real, real time. So you can like change. And like just of how like the other person and, and like takes you in and how you are perf- like how they're perceiving you and how you are giving yourself to them basically. Wow. It's a very interesting book but you get to like see everybody and like yeah that's so cool yeah and it's a really really interesting book I will say that they very much do act like it is him writing the book and he uses very much profanity in the book well yeah uh he's like a 22 year old kid though or maybe even younger I don't even think I don't think profanity is bad we, we make no. it, it's bad because we make it bad yeah but he's like, he really likes to say fuck a lot <laughs> yeah. and like words like that and stuff. And like, she just keeps that stuff in there, which is yeah. fine because she wants it to be authentic to yeah. him. Um, but it's a very interesting book. I highly recommend reading it just for the fun of it, just to see what it is. Yeah. It's interesting. I do on that note where you talking about where he describes it as very colorful. So I know a guy, I grew up with a guy's daughter who had, um, he's something happened to him and he died for a few minutes. Yeah. Came back to life. And he will tell his story to anyone who will listen. Yeah. Um, he doesn't outwardly, like, say it. But if you ask him, he'll tell you um, about his experience with death. And that he described it as he was on one side of a bridge. And there was a river. And there were people on the other side. And it was, like, very colorful. And he could see everyone he had ever loved in his, like, yeah. life on the other side. Telling him to turn back. It's not his time. And it was, like, full of colors and flowers. And like just all this stuff, but it was everyone, and they all looked healthy and happy, and they were like, "Yeah." And the thing is, like how you, how they want yeah. you to be perceived, and yeah. how they perceive you. I'm like getting chill bumps because, like, when he tells it, it's so convincing. And he and they were like, "No, go back. It's not your time. Like, go back. Yeah, turn around." And he went and he came back, and yeah. he's like still alive now, and he's got like a really cool daughter and family, and yeah, um, like I've, I've always. And then after reading that, heaven is for like I've always believed there is something, and I definitely believe in like yeah. The afterlife. Yeah, <clears throat> I definitely believe in the afterlife, too. I'm much more of a spiritual person than I am a religious person. Yeah. Um, that's just my... As Catholics, we don't particularly believe in hell. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't believe in hell I don't all. believe in hell at all. I really can't. Yeah. I I'm really sure there's can't. bad people. I struggle with it. Oh, yeah. Um, I honestly, like, when people ask me what I think hell is, I'm like, I'm living in hell right now. Like, this is hell. This is a yeah. trial error of hell to get to the better place. I think so. I mean, sometimes I struggle with that, like, thinking that this could be hell. Like, we're all in hell. We just don't know it. But also, like, purgatory, I feel like, is pretty awful because it's just, like, nothing. Yeah, when I don't describe- know if I believe in purgatory purgatory i don't i mean i i don't know i struggle with it sometimes i do and sometimes i don't but i definitely believe in so that what do you who do you place. how do you think who goes to purgatory um according to the catholic p- p- faith people who go to purgatory are like people who haven't accepted god or mm. children who haven't been baptized i don't believe that i feel like it's more people who wouldn't be ready to move on 
Okay. People who are still very much clinging to this life. Um, or, or people who just d- don't know. They just don't know. Yeah. And so they stay here because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what happened to them. They have unfinished so business. So do you think purgatory is almost like a second plane of here? That's how like I... Like they're just kind of like living yeah. like with us. Like they're trying to like figure out what, like what... What they're happened still or trying what's to, next or... Yeah. Yeah, like they're still trying to figure out what comes next. Yeah, I, mean, I f- that's what I feel like most times, like when I'm thinking about it. But I don't know what's really true. What I do know for certain is that place of color and beauty where where everyone's the same and you perce- you see everybody. Like, I do believe in that place. Yeah, I like do it, too. And I, and I hope And it might be in there. space. That's fine. But we'll see. <laughs> if we get, yeah. Know, I don't care where it's yeah, at. Yeah, I don't care where it's at either. If but I can just see my granny dot again, I don't yeah. care where it's at. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. I think definitely. Or unless, we'll definitely feel them again if that makes you feel any better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, what else? That That's was my it. medium stories, guys. Oh I, my gosh, we didn't plan on this, but this was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I was totally. I was going in this talk about baby names. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but that was a weird look. Yeah. Welcome to my weird spiritual side, guys. <laughs> uh, I have a quite. I have a random question to close off on. Um, how do you feel about crystals? Like, what do you think about, do you believe crystals carry energy? Like that's a big phase right now. No, no. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bull. Okay. I have a question though. What, when you think of those like crystals and stuff that like people use and like use Mm -hmm. or whatever is, would you consider Amber a crystal? Um, no, no. I don't know. No, no, no. I, don't, I mean, if you asking me, I don't know what amber is really. I don't really know what it is either. I don't feel it's a crystal. Okay. Maybe it was. I thought it was. I don't know what it is. Just so you know, amber teething necklaces work. Yeah. And you told me that. Someone else has told me that. And then someone else I know told me that their kid choked on it and almost died. So I don't know what I'll believe. What? She She's a pediatrician now. So how did she choke on it? I don't know. She's fine. Child's fine. Oh, that's good. She's just like. I'm a pediatrician and this happened to my child, so beware. That's scary. I don't know. I've never had a bad experience with them. I feel like, okay, so the thing with the crystals is the energy in them Mm -hmm. because they have, you have to think they're made of like salt minerals. I don't know how how I feel about them, but Will is like, it's a load of shit. It is a load of shit. It doesn't have this fake energy aura thing. It's actual science. And it does help some things. You're thinking of, like, the energy from the earth, yeah. pulls the rock and the minerals pulsing through that rock you have. It's going to mesh with the minerals in your blood. Yeah. So it's going to bring you certain something. It, it's not a load of crockery, but it also is when you start to think of it as a spiritual sense. Yeah. I feel like it's a load of crockery then, but it's not actually. Like, there's actual science behind what crystals, miner- do. crystals do. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, I'm not an expert. But yeah, no, I'm like not that. an expert either. So I was curious how you felt about it and what you thought about it. I don't Someone know. who practices witchcraft oh, is like, you're stupid. This is number two episode that we recorded today. And I totally forgot to add in that one of my favorite things were scrunchies right now. <laughs> I love them because they don't leave creases in my hair and they don't give me a headache. I can they literally still throw. leave creases in my hair. They do? Mm-hmm. Uh, mine do like a small amount, but nowhere near it, like a regular hair tie. But they don't like, I can keep my hair up. All day, and I'm, like, fine. And I don't feel like it's, like, tearing my hair. Yeah. They make... I, I should have put one in today, but it got dirty. Mm-hmm. My doggy paws got on it. Oh. I've, I'm buying, like, multiple of them now because I'm obsessed. Well, I'm going to go home and eat some chicken. Yeah, I'm going to go upstairs and eat. 
I'm going to keep calling me. Bye. Bye, guys.